So it's, it's different things to, to kind of keep in mind with that. So the rehab, the level of rehab, you know, and this is, uh, this is what we were talking about before. Like we're looking at mostly what we consider to be cosmetic for everybody. This is different for us just because we've done massive renovations to us. Cosmetic is kitchens, bathrooms, floor, you know, fixtures, uh, stuff like that. That's cosmetic to us. So other people it's floor and paint, you know, it's just, you know, if we're not tearing off a wall and doing an addition or doing anything like that, it's a cosmetic rehab for us. Those are the ones we want because we have our contractors ready to go and we know we can move them quickly through a project like that. And if for whatever reason one doesn't show up, we can find very easily a contractor to replace for that particular trade where we go back to the same thing. If it's something more specialized, it makes it harder to replace that contractor. We did new construction down in uh, the historic district of Dignity and the way the house was designed, the framing was very wonky. It was a pain in the ass to find somebody that can frame those houses out. You understand it? It was like, it took a while to find a, a decent framer that can handle that kind of construction. So it's like, what's the point of getting that fancy if you can't find the labor to do it? And then when you find the labor, you better believe you're going to pay for that labor. Right? Yeah. I haven't done that, but I know people that do do that. I, I know a lot of the big builders uh, will go and try to poach other builders' crews and stuff like that. And I know in, during like um, like 2021 and stuff like that, uh, that was a huge issue. And those guys were just asking for arm and lace because every builder was in a race to finish first. So I've never done it, uh, but I've never needed to either. But it is a place like if you needed a framer, it's like go and talk to somebody out there to bring somebody to speak Spanish because most of them don't speak Spanish. Wow, you're so racist. But um, <laughs> it's true. But then there's uh, self-preservation for the contractor. Like I think a contractor will be stupid to bite the hand that's feeding them and go with the competition, right? Because you might have, like us, like we'll have one-off new builds, but they're working for a developer, right? So if they're dumb enough to like, you know, start like kind of leaving that job to come do that one house for you. It doesn't make sense. I think when we did, we, we framed a house and it was a new build crew that came that our GC had, where they would come do it in the evenings and the weekends and stuff like on the side, or they just wouldn't go to their job site for a day and they come frame our house. Cause it was a simple house, uh, very just four walls and a roof kind of thing. So you can find them there for sure. I know that's where our, that crew we use came from, but it just took a little longer to build our stuff. One thing I'll add to the level of rehab, um, I did a class on this at the Stepstone Convention a couple weeks ago, where I just said like, don't HGTV everything. And I was like, if you're looking at the level of rehab, just look what's in your area and do that, it's a little bit nicer. That's it, don't go above and beyond making everything fancy and high end, because that's where the Austin people he described got screwed up, is they built like they lived in Austin. It's like, well, this is in Austin, costs a lot more to do that rehab than you need to do down here. So it's like, just look in your general area. I usually go to half mile, three quarters of a mile out. And I take that rehab and I do exactly that just to maybe change up a little bit thing or put some more money in the kitchens of bath staging or something like that to make your house stand out a little bit more. But don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it. It's just like, what's the neighbor's house look like and do that. Or what's selling retail high end or that the top of the market. And then just kind of do something similar to that.
we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk about that yeah and and another thing like who here has heard of uh hoteling right okay so that's that's that mixture between retail and wholesale where you're buying a property you're not quite doing much to it and you put it on the retail market itself so it's much quicker when you look at comps that's how you determine whether you can do that right because if we look at an area there's a lot of areas that we look at properties and they're aren't any ARV properties, after repaired properties there, right? They're just clean houses. They're dated, but they're clean. They're good, they're moving ready. So then it's like, why are you gonna renovate yours if you don't need to? Because now you're gonna overspend on a rehab and you're not gonna be able to push that value much higher than what the neighborhood is selling for. Even though you say, but everything is new in my house. Yeah, but they go by the neighborhood. You understand? Like they can't just, you can put gold in your house, it's not gonna appraise. You understand it's still gonna sell for what the neighborhood is selling and then you're just risking more capital on that renovation. Does that make sense? So the next thing is finding your contractors. Don't go to Google or anything like that. Work with recommended contractors and little disclaimer, I always make the joke, but it's true, of we don't recommend anybody. We'll just tell you who we're using and good luck, right? Because that's kind of how it is working with contractors. They might do a great job for us, but that's because of the way John manages them, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna do the same quality of work for you. We've seen it where that hasn't happened, right? So we, but at the same time, if you go to an investor that has used this person multiple times, you, have, you can take a better educated guess that they're gonna be more decent than anybody else. Cause we're seeing, I saw actually Stone post the other day on Facebook like, there's people that are scamming other people for, for all these kinds of jobs. Pay me up front, give me a deposit, do all this bullshit. And it's like, if you've never worked with this guy, nobody you know has ever worked with this guy and all that, it's like, you don't know if you can trust them. But if David said, hey, here's my plumber, here's who I use, I've used them X amount of times, I can go with a little bit more confidence that's like, all right, you know, chances are this guy's gonna be decent. You know, I still need to manage them, but there's a better shot that they're gonna do their job than they're gonna screw me over, right? But if you're going on Facebook or Google trying to find these random contractors that have not been vetted by anybody that you trust, you're, you're you know, it's a massive risk at that point that you're taking. So scopes of work, that's why they're important because you can hire by scopes. We've tried hiring by the day, hiring by the hour, by the week, and all of a sudden the jobs take longer. You know, not a, not a real shocker there. Um, so what we do is we hire by the scope. It helps you keep control of the project because at that point you put a very detailed scope of work and this is something that, you know, John goes in beforehand, he ran the comps, looked at everything what he needed and then he goes into this house and looks at everything the house is gonna need to get it to that level and puts a detailed scope. And then you can hire based on scopes, right? You can still hire one contractor to do multiple scopes but they're doing a scope at a time. Because if you hire a GC, GC is gonna go, he's gonna start a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. I ran out of money. I need more money. What do I pay you for? I don't know, you haven't finished this, you haven't finished that, you haven't finished that. What am I gonna pay you for? You want a portion of pay here, a portion? It makes it so much harder to manage, right? And a lot of them, they do that on purpose so they can get more from money Next thing you know, I hear investors calling me, telling me, hey, I've spent all my money and the project's not done. I'm like, 
you know, yeah, it's a shitty situation to be in, but you shouldn't have done that. You pay per scope. You want to get paid? Oh, I need to get paid. I got to pay my guys. Finish the scope. I don't care if you finish it in two days or two weeks. It's up to you, man. Finish the scope, you get paid. Finish the scope, you get paid. It makes it so much, and then if they don't do something or they screw up, you take them out, you plug somebody in in the scope. Because with a GC, to take them out and bring somebody in, they got to reassess everything. And it's like, oh, now we got to go in and undo what they did here, or I don't know how far they went here. I don't know if they closed this stuff properly. So it ends up costing you more money that way. But if you replace on the scope, it's just that one scope that you're replacing. So it makes it much easier to hire and manage the contract. I was saying hire and easier to fire. Or if like if they're only halfway through a certain scope, it's like, well, you only finished half of this one, here's this, get out, get somebody else in to finish. But if he started half of every scope, it makes it much harder to fire that person because then they want the full amount, they'll threaten liens and all kinds of stuff to want that money. So it makes it easier. It, it, it all depends on the size of the house and what, what the, the re, uh, and the level of the rehab. I mean, if it's cosmetic, usually I just break it down to like, hey, we're doing the demo first. Like, you're going to demo the house out, and then I'm going to pay you. Well, then usually it comes like sheetrock and paint because that's the next thing. Fix all that stuff. Then like kitchen, baths, depending on if it's tile or not, and then I kind of exclude certain things. And then so basically I just rip apart the house, and then by phase just kind of build it back together depending on what all needs to be done. And this is why partnering with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing with rehab matters. Because we've had people that they severely underbid the tape and float and then overbid the paint or vice versa, right? So by knowing what things cost, when they are underbidding, a lot of investors are very quick to say, oh, cool, you know, he was cheap. Let me go for it. It's like, no, man, it doesn't work out that way. Because if they underbid, chances are, they're going to realize they're losing money halfway through, and then they're going to start looking for other projects or asking you for more money. Both of those are going to hurt you. You understand? So we've, we've corrected our contractors at times where it's like, this is too low, you know, because it's like, it's going to create more problems for us, you know, and we want you to make money because if you as a contractor make money, you do a good job for us and we need a good job. So then we can sell this property and we'll hire you again. So it's a, it's a very nice cycle that gets created if everybody does. You, you need to know your numbers, I mean, almost just as well, if not better than them. Because like you're working with them uh, and they, you need them and they, they kind of need you to pay them and stuff like that. So if you cut them too low, they're going to do that. It's going to drag your project out. You pay them too high, you go out of pocket and stuff like that. But for our level of investing and stuff like that, you can hire an expensive contractor that you don't need to manage. The problem is you can't buy a house cheap enough to make those numbers work because somebody else that does use a lower level contract that manages differently is going to pay a higher price. So it's a very ebb and flow and balance. So you kind of need to know like what the going rate is and stuff like that. Because if you hire somebody for too cheap, it's going to drag out. You're going to have a rotation of contractors and you're constantly going to have to be going to the house and managing and managing and managing. And you're never going to build a reliable crew that you can systemize and grow. So you kind of have to really pay attention to the numbers and what kind of the going rate is uh, for those areas. And that's what's part of like networking and asking what um, other people are paying and charging. And it changes. I mean, yeah, and it, const yeah. it constantly changes. I mean, obviously during COVID, it made it very hard because it was constantly just, you had to pay more just to get people. So, Kelly? What would you say that percentage of increase for materials and labor? Oh, shit. I mean, uh, when people are complaining about, oh, inflation's 8%, it's like, oh, love 8% on lumber or paint or something like that. Because, I mean, it's up significantly i was just the other day i was like god dang we paid this much on this rehab 
And it was materials. I mean, it almost doubled in price of what I was normally paying for stuff. It made it very hard for like cabinets, wood, paint, lumber, everything just went through the roof. Or you used to be able to get flooring for dollar twenty a decent something. And it's like, no, you're paying like two twenty-five, two fifty, three three dollars just to get a decent uh flooring for a house. So uh it has, uh for sure. I mean I'd say most materials have gone up higher than labor though. Um is what I feel like it is. Yeah, and contractors need to adjust for that because if not then you know they can't get the job. So a lot of them have had to take uh you know, maybe the same amount for the labor just to get the job. And that's why I kind of say you kind of got to know your numbers and it's no knock on contractors. Because I, I went to school for construction management. I've been in construction my entire life. And contractors notoriously are not good with numbers for the most part. Um, so they don't know what their numbers need to be. And like, as far as like, they don't realize like how much inflation impacts them until they get the money then they realize. So that's why you kind of really got to work with them and communicate with them to, make the whole project work and that's why a lot of times like it we have a price that we tell them we're paying for for a scope it's not like what would you charge it's like hey we're paying this much for the kitchen you know and then then we can see if they're willing to do it if it's too low if it's it's never too high right um but if it's too low and and we need to adjust or something like that and then we'll make those adjustments as needed um but yeah it's always better for you to know because like you said, most contractors, they don't even know how to run their business. They just, they do the job and they think they're contractors. And it's like, well, now you got to run a business and you got to understand that's like, you know, where can you push and where you can't you? With the numbers changing so fast, how do you keep up with what I mean, you just got to, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's just communication with people. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to pay this price. And if you're not getting people in uh, to do it, then it's like, you know, you're paying too low and that you can get different bids from different people and see where it's at and just, and just communicate. Uh, so like I, now I, I do have a good contractor that I do use and kind of GCs uh, the majority of the project, but I just communicate with them. It's like, hey, I need my budget here. Can we make that happen? And then he tries to make see what he can do. Uh, but it's, it's just constant communication to see how things are doing. Cause it's also like, I don't want him to starve because I don't want to go over there and paint walls. I don't want to be swinging hammers. So, but so I need him to be able to make money to do that. Uh, to help coordinate that stuff. So it's constant communication uh, with that. The materials, materials are what materials are and you don't really know until you go pay for them. Uh, you kind of do your best. And that's kind of why everyone has it like that 75, 70% minus repairs amount because that, there's a lot of leeway in there. So like our numbers aren't dialed in where I know the price of every single cabinet by any means. It's like, I just try to get enough margin of error to still make the project profitable uh, on the other side. And then talking to other to other investors too, like if we we've been getting bits that are just don't make sense, we'll reach out to other investors that are flipping. It's like, is this normal right now? And is this what you've been experiencing? And you know, a lot of times they'll be like, what we hear, what we heard recently, it was just that. It's like they're like, yeah, that's kind of what it's going for, you know, especially with roofs and everything. They want that, that's another reason why I don't want to take on massive projects too. Like the bigger the project, and I've always said this is like. The cheapest your bid will ever be is at the very beginning of a project. It only goes up. They never go down. And so um, that's why I, I don't want to take on large projects because, like, the, the more scope, the more you're bringing in, like, the more margin of error you're going to need and the more times um, it can be harder to make those numbers work. And the next thing is daily inspections. This is something that very few people actually do. I had an investor I spoke to recently that he calls me his house. He's like, I'm way over budget. 
He's like, I don't know what to do. We start analyzing it. What happened is he starts the project and takes a three-week vacation to Italy. So like, if you're not there, the work's not getting done. You know, you need to be inspecting this house. Every time a scope starts, every time a scope finishes, in the middle, especially if it's a long scope, you want to be inspecting the house. Because one thing you want to keep doing is setting expectations for what that job needs to be looking like, right? What's the finished product needs to look like? What is the timeline on that finished product needs to be, right? So you got to be setting all these expectations and showing up consistently to the project, analyzing, supervising it, keeping an eye on it. As silly as it sounds, you hire an electrician and rewire your whole house, you got to tell them like, hey, I don't want to see a beehive in here. What is a beehive? Uh, we did a project where we left the electrician with, and he hired an apprentice or somebody for one day. We came back the next day, that kid went whole crazy through the whole house to run wire. The living room looked like Swiss cheese. I mean, there was just- It was- Everywhere. Insane. It cost us an extra four grand because of that, that we weren't budgeting anywhere, right? And you say they should know better. It doesn't matter if they should or shouldn't know. What matters is that this is your project and your money. So you need to set those expectations very clearly. It's like, hey, I want as little holes as possible. Where are you going to need to cut? Where are you going to feed the cables through? You need to know these things and you need to tell them, even as silly as electrical work, it's like, hey, when I come into a room, I want to be able to do this and turn on a switch. Don't put the switch all the way over there, right? Where you get across the whole room in the dark to turn on the switch. Then when you get to the other side, there should be another switch here so I can turn the lights off, right? There's just so many things that you need to, and you say, same thing, an electrician should know. And? Yeah, they should know. What the hell does that matter? It's still your project. You're the one that needs to make sure those expectations are set. You put laminate down. I want the laminate to go this way. They should know. Doesn't matter. You tell them, I want the cabinets here. I want this here. I want the, the backsplash to end here. You know, you're the investor. That finished product matters. I literally walk through a house with a Sharpie and I'll draw it on the walls and then take pictures of it beforehand so they don't go paint it. Oh, I painted over it. Like, I sent you the picture, here it is. And like, draw it out and like, write on the walls. Like, I want the electrical switches here, here, and here. Um, so really, it's like, there's a full layout of everything. So there's no communication. Because at the end of the day, it is your fault. Even though you said, well, they should know, they should, but they didn't. And now you're, they're not gonna do it for free to do it. They don't have the kind of margins for that kind of stuff. So you kind of have to do the best you can to avoid as many errors as possible. And the dumbest thing I hear from investors, oh, if they don't do a good job, I'm going to sue them. Okay. For what? You know, like, <laughs> most of these contractors, you're not dealing with people that have these massive businesses and assets. You can't go after their work truck. You can't go after their home. You can't go after their tools. What are you going to do? Spend the money suing for what? You're out of money. You screwed up, you know? So avoid that. Try to do it beforehand so you don't get to that point. And fire fast. You know, if a contractor's slacking off, they're not short, let them go. Stop with this like, all right, I'm going to give you one more chance. You know, it's like they're, they need to be making a good impression. If they're not, they obviously don't care. You understand? They obviously don't care about repeat work. Don't try to force it on them because all it's going to do is cost you more money. We've done that so many times with contractors. It's like, because we don't want to go look for another one. We don't want to start over. So like, hey, man, come on. I really need you. You know, we're going to do all this. And but it's already over. 
It's over. If you got to say that to a contractor, it's over. Just cut it and move on. You know, cut the loss and, and be able to finish the project. And I didn't put it on here, but when you get in a bad situation with a rehab, the only way out is through. You got to finish it and you got to finish it right. This is not the time to say, I'm going to cut corners. I'm going to use a cheaper tile. I'm going to use cheaper floor. I'm going to use cheaper materials. That doesn't help you. You understand? Because if not, the property will not sell. If it doesn't sell, you're in deeper waters. Your only way out is to do the best job possible so the house sells as quickly and for as much as possible. If it doesn't do that, you're going to lose twice. You understand? You cutting corners does not get you more money. Trust me. It's not going to pass inspection. It's not going to sell. And that's going to end up just costing you more money.